You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brad Atkinson from the Cheap Seats. Two guys who knew more about sports than all those guys who used to work at ESPN. Welcome to From the Cheap Seats, everybody. I'm Krista Lambert. Brandon Atkins and Professor Trent Nichols are here with me and a little bit of a Labor Day hangover going on. You guys all right? Yeah. I, I have to admit that this past weekend, for one of the few times in my life, I had to turn off football. What? Dude. It's the first week back. I know. And I immersed myself in football from Thursday through Sunday. <laughs> and I couldn't function by the end of the night Sunday. I was I was in a daze. And I literally have a football hangover. It's a great thing. Yeah. But I, I had my fill. What a great weekend, man. Well, the whole state of North Carolina's limping <laughs> after well, that. Well, Duke did beat NC Central, so you've got that going for you. Oh, yeah. That's a real feather in our cap. Brother, North Carolina and, and the ACC kind of took it on the chin. Virginia Tech bailed you out late Sunday night. Yeah, that was a good West win. Virginia. It was a, that, was a, that was a fun ball game, but the real fun was on the other channel Oof. at the same time. And how many Americans turned that off midway through the third quarter? How many wives in America looked at the score when it was 44 to 10 and told their husband, enough? <laughs> Did it? I got I to gotta ask you a quick question. Why, <laughs> why do cameramen feel it necessary to point the camera at the poor little kid from A&M. They always find the sad kid oh. of, you know, that, that's their whole life. That might be the only ball game that that kid gets to go, you know, with his dad. And they're just like all up in his grill. We want to see tears, kid. They I did it to it, Indiana, too. I, you know, I went to see we, we the much-talked-about John Mayer concert that I went to. And while I was there... Hardy's ran a promotion and they came and they randomly picked somebody out of the audience and they took them up to the front of the crowd with these gigantic oversized signs and girls in hot pants. And the sign said something like, I hooked up with a hottie and Hardy's gave me the best seats in the place, something like that. I'm wondering if ESPN and CBS and the rest of the, uh, the folks out there that are broadcasting these games are doing the same thing. Are they picking some random kid out of the cheap seats? Huh, like that. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> and bringing them down to the field because they know they're going to get tears and they're going to get the same shot. It's played out. We see it all the time. I don't want to see the kids cry. No, don't get me wrong. When they put the camera on a kid <laughs> wearing Duke, I absolutely I want to taste that kid's tears. <laughs> but it's overall, I'm saying, that's pretty wrong. It, overall. Overall. Right. Overall. So how many tears were there in Chapel Hill this weekend? You know, there was a lot of tears given the fact that they actually started out pretty well and ended the half horribly. Chris, what did I say going into this game? What did I call you up and say? You told me Cal was going to get into him and he was going to break hearts all over North Carolina. So some of us expected it, so it's not that bad. Um, others, I know a lot of people went to the game. A lot of my friends went to the game, so they're, they're pretty bummed out. What Really, you know, I was kind of 
hoping that we'd have a pro ACC weekend. The my big disappointment is in NC State. Really? Well, yes. that's what I was going to say. What about your dark horse, NC State? They're really they're a real dark dark horse now. <laughs> they're going to be coming from way back. I see. I disagree with you. I thought if you well if you if you look at UNC and NC State in a bubble, I thought NC State looked good. They played a heck of a ball game. Yeah. And I mean, it was just back and forth. They were on the road and and weren't able to pull it out when it was all said and done. But Ryan Finley looked like the truth. Yeah, I mean, Francois looked really good in practice too. But Man. I'm just saying, here, here's the deal: Dave Dorn is officially on the hot seat as it pertains to that fan fan base. I'm not saying it is fair, but now he's got his players. He's gone out and made like the comment, come out proactively and said, this is the best team I've had on both sides of the ball since I've been here. And people are projecting, like Mel Kuyper Jr. projecting in 10 wins out of this team. So I can promise you i got a ton of NC State fans. He is officially on the hot seat. When you look at it in context, though, when you look at NC State, NC State is one of those programs who every day, seventh or eighth, maybe tenth year, has a moment in the sun. Mm -hmm. But historically, it's not a program that's going to go out and get ten wins and challenge for a championship. So you're saying Dave Doran's on the on the uh, hot seat. Yep. What does he have to do? What do you what do you what's the threshold that he has to meet this year to keep his job? In order to turn it around, he's got to beat North Carolina. He's got to be all in state rivals, period. And He's got to have now, losing this one against South Carolina, he's got to, I would say, have to have about nine wins. If he drops below nine, you're going to see him be in trouble. I think you're wrong. Okay. I think you're wrong. Here's what I'll say about UNC. UNC fell into a trap. And these Power Five conference teams are all doing the same thing now. And, and I'm going to tell you that I think it's a mistake. Matchups like Alabama and Florida State, and then this coming weekend, Ohio State, Oklahoma, are great for the fans. Okay? And when you're at one of those top shelf programs that year in and year out is going to challenge for a national championship, I think it's okay. You know, the loss, Florida State dropping really a bad loss to Alabama. It was bad. It doesn't hurt them in the bigger scheme of things. Because if they run the table, even as a two-loss team, conceivably they can get into the college playoff picture. However, let's step back and look at a program like North Carolina. Okay. Or NC State, for that matter. Why are you scheduling a Power 5 team opening week? UNC keeps doing this, and in the last six years, they're 1-5 in, in openers. Where, where do you think Cal ranks in the Pac-12? Right in the middle. Okay. I don't think that's really reaching for like a – you're talking about playing like a Kent State to yes, get – Yes, I absolutely am. Okay. And, and you know what? If, if UNC wants to schedule Cal or NC State wants to schedule South Carolina, do it in week two or week three. Once you've given yourself a chance to kind of work the wrinkles out. In college football – there is no sport in the American landscape where a single week is more valuable than college football. 
you've got basically 12, 12 wins or 12 games, and you have to get as many W's as you possibly can. If you're a Florida State or if you're an Ohio State, you can afford to take an L, especially early in the season. If you're a team like UNC, NC State, South Florida that's on the fringe, that even if they go 11-1, and is still going to have people looking at them thinking, ah, can they really get into a playoff? That's still UNC or that's still NC State. You need as many Ws as you can possibly get. And the non-conference schedule is a factor, but the bigger factor is what's that second number in your record? Okay, Chris. I'm so there's sh- no value. Yeah. I'm going to shock you right now. Go ahead. I agree with you. Wow. But I didn't lie. So here's the deal. Carolina has almost been burnt by a week schedule a couple of years ago when they actually did recover the onside kick in the ACC championship <laughs> against the Clemson Tigers. Let it go. And Clemson goes on and loses to Alabama in the national championship. But what all the the pros, the talking heads were saying, had they even managed to beat Clemson, that their regular season record were, was not going to get them into the playoff. So I know when they're scheduling, they're looking at that because that was easily the best season that Carolina has had in decades. Okay, hold up, though. What you're talking about is the ACC, when the ACC was sort of still looked at as the evil stepsister. I don't disagree. The ACC at this point. Go I'm ahead and say gonna, it. It's the redheaded stepchild. I know that's the what you're step, I, you got, <laughs> I got crossed up there because I didn't want to seem reddest um, or harassed on the air. Okay. I, I get accused of being a cat enough. But they, get, they were at that point, people weren't believing. Clemson was still, you know, maybe. You know, Dabo Sweeney was this loudmouth guy down there in South Carolina. People weren't really paying attention. At this point, Florida State Clemson, without any, with beyond any shadow of a doubt, are top-tier programs in the country. If another team wins that league, they are going to be a serious player for the national championship. Chris, That's just how it is. You're- so. You're drinking. I'll, I'm just checking what you're drinking. Diet Pepsi Wild Cherry. I'm yes, going to start sir. drinking those because you're making an awful lot of sense for a change up in here about college sports. See, but I think the thing that Florida State gets away with is they lost to Alabama. So if Cal isn't that good and if South Carolina isn't that good and NC State and UNC run the table, they're not going to look that good because the team they lost to wasn't that good. Brother, so Florida State not only lost to Alabama, where people can, can forgive, forgive that because it's Florida State or it's Alabama, they also lost their quarterback. That's right. So if you're UNC, and I know that scheduling is done years in advance, I get that. So it's not something they can adjust on the fly. But here's my thinking. If I'm UNC, if I want to schedule Ohio State, Cool. Nobody's going to be upset about a loss to Ohio State. Mm -hmm. Duke got it right. Mm -hmm. Go play NC Central. You've got, you know, the home folks traveling. You're gonna, you're gonna sell just as many tickets. You maybe even win a little bit of the recruiting war, and you go ahead and you can win easily. You can rest your starters. You can work the kinks out. It's the first time Coach Cutts hung sixty in his entire career. Well, that's how bad that. That team is that they and play. Duke 
is the best team in the state of North Carolina. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats with Chris DeLambert, Brandon Atkins, and Professor Trent Nichols. We appreciate you hanging out, listening on WDCC, the WBLZ Sports app, Google Play, iTunes, or anywhere else. We love you guys. We do. We love you. You can find us on Facebook at Cheap Seat Radio. Join the conversation on Twitter at Cheap Seat Radio. And if you want to get in touch with us directly, the best way is Cheap Seat Radio at gmail.com. Send us a cool comment. You might hear yourself on the air at some point. We, uh, we love to interact with everybody. And we'd love to send you a T-shirt. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. You grew up knowing you could do anything. As a soldier in the U.S. Army, you'll test your limits and feel the pride of doing things you never thought possible. With guaranteed training in one of more than 150 career fields, up to $40,000 cash enlistment bonus, you'll earn a steady paycheck, get money for college, and gain valuable experience while you learn how to be a valued team leader. To find out more, call your local Army recruiter or visit us at GoArmy.com. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. The V Foundation and board member Robin Roberts are dedicated to declaring victory over cancer by funding cutting-edge research. Jim Valvano's greatest legacy is the V Foundation. You can help join the fight, give the gift of time. We need passion, we need teamwork and momentum. The time to act is now. There's not a moment to lose. Every dollar counts. Every day counts. To find out how you can join us to defeat cancer, please visit JimmyV.org. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission, helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. Welcome back. Talking NC State, UNC, Duke, App State, ECU, all things football in the state of North Carolina. And we'll put a bow on this here in just a second, but I have one question for you, Brandon. Yes, fire away. UNC hosted Cal this weekend, Mm -hmm. and they ended up losing a a, a tight game. I think it's fair to say UNC's got some things that they were able to work out. Sure. And I think they'll be better for it moving forward. Here's my question for you. Had UNC hosted Kent State this weekend, how many fewer people would have been in the stands? You know, I don't think it made too much of a difference, to be honest with you. Excellent. What? How much less likely is it that the game would have been televised? Uh, you know, it's still going to be televised. Where's the benefit? I feel like I'm being set up for something. Well, no, you're not. My my point is is that if they beat Cal this weekend, they walk out of it one and zero. They didn't. They're zero and one. I just don't know what the benefit. Had UNC come, even if they'd have hung fifty on Cal and blown them out, nobody would be talking about UNC like, oh my gosh, they're okay. a top five team. So I just don't see what the benefit was. Larry Fedora probably needs to check his pride a little bit. 
and rethink what he's doing in the first but, couple weeks of the season. How many times is he going to get burnt by the same thing? But check this out, though. It was only a couple of years ago, and if I have the team wrong, I'm sorry, but I think it was Old Dominion came in to Keenan, and they stopped the game in the third quarter because it had gotten that out of hand. Who is going to look at that on the committee? I think there's a committee of, what, 13? And say, oh, wow, let's, you know, let's count that as something. Twelve years ago, did you know – about Northern Illinois? No. Okay. Well, about 12 years ago, they decided that they would play Ohio State. They would play a Big Ten team every single year, and they loaded up their preseason schedule to get national notoriety. So the way of college football is probably more for the money, and it's also for those guys sitting in the room going, they had a tough preseason schedule. They may have lost to Cal. Cal just blew everyone else out. We're going to give them a shot. I mean, that's the way it is. You're not going to have these gimme games anymore. You're yeah, not. Alabama and UNC, Florida State Carolina, five years ago would have never been the first game of the year. That's the only too di- big of a risk. The only animal, difference. Though. The difference is, is Carolina doesn't need that game that For you're talking football, about. Carolina certainly does need it. We're talking about the Salukis, right? What, the, what's their name? The Northern <laughs> Illinois Huskies. Huskies. Okay, <laughs> one of those teams. Southern <laughs> Illinois is the Salukis. Right? Yeah. S- sorry about that. Um, no, that game that you're talking about scheduling with Ohio State makes their program yes. run. And yes. they beat Alabama. But UNC for football but Carolina, and NC State Carolina, for football absolutely two needs things, these bigger Carolina games. Carolina doesn't need that game because, number one, it's Carolina. Don't look at me wrong, but it's they're, they're – Almost a household it's brand. Football. Then you have the ACC. Like I mean, your ACC is not a football conference. No matter what you said last okay. week, they are not a football conference. Okay. Syracuse. Yeah. None and, of these. This is a basketball conference. Football is a second fiddle to it because Clemson is good and Florida State is good. That's the only reason okay. anybody's talking about but, ACC. But at one point, Duke wasn't a basketball school. You know what I mean? Everything starts. So somewhere. you made my point. UNC has to play these cows. No. NC State has to play. Negative has to play South Carolina because they're not a football conference. Nobody cares. Who cares about Indiana in football? Nobody. It's a basketball school. All right. I think I get what you're trying to say, but I disagree with your premise. UNC didn't need Cal on their schedule. Period. UNC is a big enough brand. This is not Northern Illinois. And, and Brandon loves to talk about how popular UNC is and how big the base is and how much money they're worth. Yes, there is no doubt they're a basketball school first. But NC State and UNC are in the same basket here. You've got two head coaches and two athletic departments who are trying to show we're not afraid to play anybody. Well, they got punched in the nose. And you talk about the old Dominion game that got stopped in the in the third quarter. How many UNC fans had their week ruined that week? None. Right. So the alumni is happy and everything else. Do they look at it in retrospect and say, you know what, ODU, that's probably a couple steps too far down the rung. Your Kent State, NC Central, play one of those teams. Give, a UN, give an NC Central – a legit game and help that program in state. Well, but here's, you bring Cal to town, 
who's a team that's just good enough to beat you. And yeah, okay, we want to challenge our players and see where they're at. Well, in week one, who knows where they're at? And if you come out and you haven't even figured out who's going to play quarterback yet, you get an L hung at home and their season is over. Okay, but you also mentioned that they scheduled these games a couple years ago, right? They do. Jones Angel was in studio. Remember how many players he said that they lost to the NFL draft and graduation? Welcome to the big leagues. They lost the number two brother quarterback taken in the NFL. You lose that many players, yeah, you're going to struggle. Cal's not that big of a deal. Wait a minute. I really don't think it. You're, you're talking about a middle of the row. I've heard bottom feeder of the Pac-12, okay. and they roll into your house and okay. beat you. Well, that's what happened. Okay. And 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 UNC in the last six years is one in five now in openers. Yeah. Now, if you look at the rest of Larry Fedora's tenure, it's awesome. You subtract that and you subtract the postseason losses, and now all of a sudden you're talking about one of the best winning percentages in the country. Why do you do this to yourself? So if you want they to be a national player, to it. But they also don't think Chiswick is going to quit football and start become a talking head. You know, well, what I mean, the other thing too, though, that you said, and and I'm I'm being facetious when I say this, but you're really truly going to complain about the talent they lost. I'll tell UNC, welcome to real Division One football. It's you want to be in the upper tiers and you want to be in a conference that calls itself one of the best in the country, welcome to what Ohio State and Oklahoma, Florida State, Alabama, all of those teams face every year. Okay, I'm It's not, not uncommon for a team like Oklahoma or Ohio State to have, you know, every single player on its team that's a starter over the course of any period end up in the NFL, and they do it in waves of 8, 9, 10, 11 a year. And that's only going to make them better because recruiting is going to help because we're getting guys to the NFL. Yeah, yes. listen, I'm somehow this turned in that I was crying about it. I told you before the game that I, I said Carolina is going to lose this game point blank. I didn't know in what fashion they were going to lose it in. It kind of hurts the fact that they – Seemingly had it under control when the game started and did made some dumb plays at the end of the half. I'll tell you, the, there's difference though between NC State and Carolina. What's the difference? Number one, years ago, the legendary Bobby Bowden referred to the Tar Heels and Chapel Hill as a sleeping giant. I think the sleeping giant is in Raleigh, NC State. Go to one of their games. They have all the facilities. They're real tailgaters. They're boosters. They're alumni. They, I mean, I'm not saying that Carolina alumni doesn't show up, but go try to tailgate in Chapel Hill. It's a joke. You're in a parking deck. Do it at NC State. You'll have the time of your life, and they fill that. You know, they fill that stadium. So the, when I look back, it much more is expected of them at this point in the career of Dave Doran and his time at NC State than what they have going on in Chapel Hill. So that's, Hill. What, that's they the should justification. Be that's the justification you're using for Dave Doran being on the hat seat. I'll buy what you're selling. The problem is, is that this sleeping giant status that I would more quickly put onto NC State than I would UNC. Yeah. They they can't get it right from a hiring standpoint. And I don't understand. Raleigh's one of the fastest-growing cities in the country. It's a great place to live. The best thing it's got going for it is it's 35 minutes from Sanford. Yeah. And, and our studios. 
But exactly. <laughs> I don't understand why they can't get the higher rate. It makes sense in basketball to me because you're dealing with Duke. You know, is a hand is a is a hop, skip, and a jump away. UNC's right there, and yeah, they're third class status at best. But football, you're right. It's not because unless you're sitting in this state or you went to that college, nobody in this country cares about UNC football. <laughs> this is not a job. I would I would rather go to Bowling Green than coach UNC. I would have a better shot of being a better head coach and moving on. Nobody so, wants to coach the Tar Heels in football. Remember the time? When you guys said I alienated every ECU listener in the state, <laughs> but you just outdid me. Thanks, Trent. Love you, baby. I've lived in yeah. Texas. I've lived in Indiana. I've lived in Michigan. I don't know. UNC, there's one guy in the NFL years ago that was really good out of UNC. That was the first time I even knew they played football. Wait a minute. Trent's I can't remember who his name is. Trent's about to break out in song, I've been everywhere, yeah. man. I get so tired. Johnny Cash, I know football. This I've is lived, not a football state. I've lived here. I've lived there. You sound like DeLambert. Wow. Get over yourselves. <laughs> Dude, it got hostile in here really quick. Body blow, body blow. And and I feel, here's the thing, I feel like I'm Mayweather pitted against a couple Colin McGregor's. I oh, say, wow. you guys ain't ready. To you ain't ready up, for this. If NC right, State and North off, Carolina yeah. goes back to silly teams that they blow out in the beginning, it's going to do nothing but hurt the program. They shouldn't invite Cal. They should have invited U- UCLA or USC. They should invite bigger teams. Invite the Michigans. Invite the Ohio States, not the Goose not, Egg. Not arguing with you there. The problem is, can you get Ohio State to take that game in Week 1 or USC? But you're absolutely right, Trent. I agree 100%. There's value there. And we'll talk about it more on the other side of the break. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Adkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio. When I was just a tiny baby, I was stolen from my parents. I was imprisoned in a cramped cage and was touched and photographed completely against my will, solely for somebody's profit. Then I started to grow bigger, and they locked me away for life. If you knew that was the life of a tiger cub, would you still pay to pet her? Learn how they're exploited through petting and photo ops at cubabuse.com. Hello, I'm Rob Beckley, lead singer of the band Pillar. I served in the Army Reserve for eight years, and it taught me lessons in teamwork, leadership, and organizational skills that I still use today. Serving part-time in the Army Reserve also offers skill training, money for college, and bonuses up to $20,000. So if you're up to the challenge, talk to your local Army Reserve recruiter today, or check us out online at GoArmyReserve.com. You too can be Army strong in the Army Reserve. Everyone deserves a decent place to live. Everyone. Decent shelter is something we all need to thrive. Through shelter, we empower. Visit Habitat.org to donate today. 
You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brad Nickens. I'm from the cheap seats. Two guys who knew more about sports than all those guys who used to work at ESPN. All right, World War III has broken out in the studio. The conversation right now between myself, Krista Lambert, Brandon Atkins, and Professor Trent's about scheduling to start your season, and I don't think we're ever going to agree. Here's the last thing that I'll say about this year's UNC opener. If you remember, we were talking about it when they got when they got beat by LSU a couple of years ago. Yep. Nobody ever could hold that loss against them. And if UNC ran out the rest of the season and, and ended up a one-loss or a two-loss team, you look back at the schedule and you say, well, they dropped a game to LSU in the, in the week one, no harm. As crazy as I think it was for them to schedule somebody like Cal, Trent, who does UNC open up against next year? On uh, September 8th, they play East Carolina. Where? In East Carolina. Somebody in the UNC athletic department has bumped their head. (laughs) Dude. (laughs) You want to talk about a game where there's no benefit. And, you know, Mississippi football is near and dear to my heart. Ole Miss and, and Mississippi State have resisted the urge forever to schedule Southern Miss. Why? Because Southern Miss will beat them. ECU in week one, you're playing with fire. So I I hope for the best for the Tar Heels. But man, oh man, oh man, that's dangerous. Well, and if if you you really run the risk, as as you said just a couple minutes ago, of having goalposts torn down (laughs) against you in week one, UNC. You better figure it out between now and then. I would say the team, the school that's most responsible, responsible for the most goalposts in our house coming down is East Carolina <laughs> 1, Carolina 2. I mean, the only, the only saving grace is East Carolina is pretty horrible right now. So maybe I don't know what they're doing um, with this new coach, but they're absolutely miserable. Well, well in 2019 – They got a year to figure it out. Tentatively, they have South Carolina as their first game. Well, and they've so. done the South Carolina thing again. They're going to play that in Charlotte. Yeah. Yep. yeah. And, you know, they get suckered into that. NC State fell into that trap, you know, whatever. All right. So we were talking about NC State being a sleeping giant or UNC being a sleeping giant. Let me tell you, in Texas, nobody ever saw Baylor as a sleeping giant. During the history of the Southwest Conference, the whole function of the Baylor football team and Baylor sports in general was to be an L for Texas and Texas A&M. That's the only reason they played football at Baylor was so that A&M and Texas had somebody to beat year in and year out. Ten years ago, Baylor started throwing all this money into their programs and they built this house on the hill, two of them, because their basketball program became legit as well. Mm-hmm. So this house that Art Bryles built became an amazing program. And then this past year, 
everything fell apart. And Baylor really felt like there was nowhere farther down left to go (laughs) until this weekend. When Liberty rolls into Waco and beats the Baylor Bears. That was some Baptist on Baptist crime right Right? there. Just a beat down. Unbelievable. And as bad as the weekend was for the state of North Carolina, Texas is reeling. And I'm amazed by what I saw this weekend. First of all, UT, Tom Herman is probably the most ballyhooed hire of the offseason, was the offensive coordinator at Ohio State, went down to Houston and sort of waved a magic wand and turned that program into a major player, went to Texas, and they forgot how to play defense. I graduated from high school in Austin, Texas. I've been everywhere, man. Jeez. I can't tell you how tightly wound I've been with that UT program over the years. I never have never seen a defensive performance like they put up at home against Maryland this weekend. It was unreal how badly they played. And if people didn't watch the game, They probably thought that there were a million crazy things that happened and everything sort of aligned to conspire against Texas. No, Maryland lined up and beat them, period, and looked really good doing it. And Maryland is a three- or four-win team this year. You want to talk about bottom feeders? Maryland may not win a game in the Big Ten. Yeah, but Maryland is in a football conference. Not the <laughs> ACC, they're in the Big Ten. Because we, well, kicked, they, them, we kicked them out of the they, ACC. They, they, play, they still owe us. Yeah. I think they still owe the us Big about Ten. That's how, that's how I remember it is the <laughs> ACC said, hey, Maryland, please get out of our conference. That's exactly how I remember it. But in, here, here's my thing with the Maryland. And Maryland being in the Big Ten still doesn't make yeah. sense to me. Whatever. University of Cincinnati ought to be in the Big Ten, but Ohio State will never let that happen. But that's a conversation for another day. Notre Dame, oh, sure, let's go join the ACC. Yeah, we, they could have joined the Big Ten a million years ago. They didn't want any part of Big Ten football. But whatever, Notre Dame. My point with Texas is, same as it was about UNC, schedule a, a Power 5 team at your peril. Well, they got bit. Because they decided to play no defense. Then fast forward to Saturday night, and Baylor, everything that Art Browse had built, good, bad, or otherwise, is over. It's over. In the spotlight, in the middle of the night, you lose to Liberty at home and don't play any defense. And that game, if anybody watched it, was amazing at the end. I mean, it was just back and forth, back and forth. There was no defense. It was like watching... Um, I don't know, arena football. Just, you know, nobody was going to play any defense. Liberty outlasted them. And then Sunday night came. And Kevin Sumlin, what were you doing, dude? I Really seriously, what were you doing? I actually at one point had put a tweet together about asking the question, how much money Josh Rosen, the UCLA quarterback, had cost himself with his performance up to about midway through the third quarter. Like a lot of households, (laughs) the game got changed because it was over. 
up 34 in the third quarter. There's no way you can blow a lead like that, is there, Kevin Sumlin? But, yeah, they managed to. Between the three schools, Texas, Baylor, and Texas A&M, they gave up 150 points. None of them playing anything like an offensive juggernaut. Texas A&M looked like a top five team in the country in the first half and sold out. Hmm. I guess. So I I'm, guess. what the whole point of this was to make you feel better. Why? <clears throat> There's so much ACC hate in this room right now. It's <laughs> just, it's just not. It's not even fair. But let me ask you a question, Texas. Okay. Yep. What was the thinking? And I know he, he he was dropping off. Don't get me wrong. But what was the thinking behind them running Mac Brown out of that program with no clear cut successor? Delusional beliefs about the place of your program in America. And I've got people I know in Austin, Texas that are listening to this show up until today because they may never listen again. Folks in Texas, in Central Texas, UT is king. They believe that the Texas football program is one of the top two or three programs in the country. The numbers don't match that. They really don't. And if you look from a historical perspective, Texas is in the second or third tier of programs nationally. Other than Mac Brown, you have to go all the way back to Daryl Royal to find a Texas teams that challenged nationally. Texas was an afterthought. In that part of the country, the only place that Texas dominates recruiting is in Central Texas. You've got Texas A&M to the south down in College Station where they kind of split your state in half. And you're just as likely to see somebody give you the horns until you hook them as you are to see somebody say, gig them. For those of you who don't know, that's what folks from A&M say. That's sad. And the silliest thing is that folks from Austin say, I'd rather sip tea than be an Aggie. I don't get <laughs> what the hate for tea is, but whatever. Well, one of the worst cheers ever is Clemson. They just spell Clemson. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, C-L. <laughs> Can you not put your marketing department on that? Hey, it, things to happen organically. But here's my point against Texas, or about Texas, is that Texas had a great run with Mac Brown, but they got spoiled. If you go back and you look at the three or four head coaches before Mac Brown, they didn't win. They assumed that they had established themselves. They've got the Longhorn Network. They've got great facilities. Austin's a great place to live. But Texas, as much as it hurts me to say this, is not a traditional football powerhouse. They pulled a Herb Sendak. Kind of. Didn't they? And, and I mean, you're talking about at a whole nother la- level that Sendak never got to. Sure. I mean, Mac Brown, you look at it. I knew when Mac Brown got hired at Texas – that he was going to do something special there. And it's because of what he did at UNC. And we were talking uh, the other day about the talent that came through UNC during the Mac Brown era. Yeah. Dude. Legit NFL players, Vonnie Holiday, uh, Greg Ellis, Dre Bly. It became a factory for NFL-level talent. 
When they you actually take that kind of ability to recruit and game plan, you move it to a big school like Texas, and now all of a sudden you can bring in guys like Chris Sims and get top shelf talent at the skill positions. Dude, Mac Brown did his thing. Mac Brown had game day in Chapel Hill. They were top five in the country. You That's, can't look at that as Texas and like ha- ask him to move on. All right, we've pivoted from North Carolina to Texas football. Who knows where we'll land on the map next. I'm Chris DeLambert, Brandon Atkins, Trent Nichols, and I talking about football. We'll be back on the other side of the break. Check us out on Facebook at Cheap Seat Radio. You can find me at Chris underscore DeLambert on Twitter. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. You grew up knowing you could do anything. As a soldier in the U.S. Army, you'll test your limits and feel the pride of doing things you never thought possible. With guaranteed training in one of more than 150 career fields, up to $40,000 cash enlistment bonus, you'll earn a steady paycheck, get money for college, and gain valuable experience while you learn how to be a valued team leader. To find out more, call your local Army recruiter or visit us at GoArmy.com. They're strong, and then there's Army Strong. The V Foundation and board member Robin Roberts are dedicated to declaring victory over cancer by funding cutting-edge research. Jim Valvano's greatest legacy is the V Foundation. You can help join the fight, give the gift of time. We need passion, we need teamwork and momentum. The time to act is now. There's not a moment to lose. Every dollar counts. Every day counts. To find out how you can join us to defeat cancer, please visit JimmyV.org. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission, helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. a great reputation for bringing the funny and now he has a new title in the funniest person jay bliss i was a fiend fiend before i became a teen i melted microphones instead of cones and ice cream music orientated so when hip-hop was originated fitted like pieces of puzzles complicated what's up fellas happy labor day weekend man uh football season is upon us everybody sat around and watched college football this past weekend nfl starting this week also, fantasy football. I had to do a fantasy football draft Sunday night. Also got one. I got to do one Tuesday night. And I started thinking. Something came across my mind. I think they need to implement a rule with this fantasy football. And I think everybody that plays fantasy football would agree with this one rule. I think they need to implement a mulligan rule. And with the mulligan rule, you got to the first half of the first game that's played on Sunday. You have into that first half that you can actually take somebody that was in your lineup, put them on your bench, and take somebody from your bench and put them back in the lineup. Because everybody's had that situation where they had the game started, they're playing, everybody's having a good time, your receiver goes down in the first half with a knee injury. You're like, damn, 
And then you got another receiver that's playing on Monday night that's just sitting there chilling. You're like, you know what? Let me use my mulligan rule and take that dude out and put that dude in. I think it would be beneficial. You also have the situation where you have two quarterbacks. You take one quarterback, put that quarterback in, bench the other quarterback because that quarterback is playing the number one defense that week. So you go, you know, ah, I can't play him because he's playing against Seattle. So I'm going to go ahead and sit him down and I'm going to play him because he's playing against Cleveland. And then you look up at your ticker and you see that the quarterback that's playing against Seattle then threw for four touchdowns in the first half. And you're like, you know what? I'm going to change my mind and I'm going to put that quarterback in and take that other quarterback and sit him down. I'm telling you, the rule will work. If anybody can send this over to Matthew Barry or somebody from ESPN, <laughs> send somebody, send it over to anybody in fantasy football that will be able to implement this, even as a commissioner, if you were able to do that and put that as a rule in your fantasy football league, I think people would do it. I think the mulligan rule should be something that they implement in 2018, all leagues across the nation. And um, I think it would be a winner, man. I really think that the mulligan rule would work. And I think it will be something that, and you know what? Now that I bring it up, if you're listening to this, it'll be happening. It'll, this will happen in week one. Week one, you will look at your lineup and you will think of the mulligan rule and you go, you know what? If I had a mulligan rule, this is the lineup that I would switch right here. I would take this player and I would kick his behind off my team and I would put that person in instead. Now, I can't let you talk about fantasy football without asking you one question. What's that? What round did you take your kicker in? I took my kicker in round 13. Complicated, because I grabbed the mic and try to say yes, y'all. They try to and say that I'm too small. Cool, cool. Because I don't get upset. I kick a hole in the speaker, pull a plug, then I jet. Then I jet to the line. Jay Bliss be in the Charlotte area all week this week. Wow, Jay Bliss really tackling all the big issues. <laughs> <laughs> this dude went from Colin Kaepernick to... Uh, oh, he was like, man. hmm. He got Chick-fil-A. up that morning. He got up that morning. He was like, hmm. World peace, Mulligan <laughs> in fantasy, Mulligan with fantasy. Hurricane Harvey, I mean, a Mulligan on. rule. Jay. <laughs> Jay. First of all, Jay had somebody go down on his league, and he is so out of sorts that he actually rail, you know, ticked off about two or three minutes on a Mulligan in fantasy. Come on, I know. man. That kind of goes against the whole thing, man. It's bad <laughs> enough already. It's like communism, you know. Oh, my God. I hate these socialist leagues. Right? Like, we got to make, make it even for everybody. Let's go ahead and make it even so everybody feels good about themselves. Why do we even – you know what? Why even set a lineup? Just have your roster and – Whoever the best roster would have been at the end of the weekend, that's the one you got to use. You you see what I'm saying? Come on, Jay. Come on, Jay. Don't even draft a team. Just go get a T-shirt that says I'm a winner on it. Well, at the end of the weekend, you could just go back and say, well, this is who I would have had. What what had happened was Uh, that I would have done this. But you see I threw you a bone at the end of the conversation. Oh, the uh, kicker? Yeah. Now, he did take a kicker in round 16. However. 13. 13. 13. My fault. So, yeah, kudos to that. He gets to pile on, too, because I took a kicker in round 8. However, (laughs) however, what's not on the call, and I didn't want to put him out there on blast, but since we're clowning him anyway, he took his quarterback in round 1. 
with oh. the fifth pick. Who was it? And didn't even take Brady. Who was he it? He took Aaron Rodgers with the fifth pick in his mm, draft. He could do worse. Oh, gosh. There's always that one Aaron Rodgers guy. Dude, I'm thinking Jay Bliss put together a poop chain worthy club in this draft. <laughs> he does have a draft coming up before the season, so he's one of these multi-league players, um, which I just can't do. I'm too ADD, man. I'm, I, I can't fool with it. Um, but, yeah. And what's up with all these leagues? I got two quarterbacks. You can't play two quarterbacks in a football game. Now, have you ever played? For one team? Dude, I got roped into a league one time in the Jeez. office. And they actually would allow you to play with your quarterback as your flex player. Oh, so you can start two quarterbacks. Yeah, I don't like that. Come lame. on, man. Lame. Come on. It is lame. So lame. anyway, fantasy football. Yeah, I saw Dallas dropped Ronnie Hillman. So they must know something that none of us – None of the other of us knows, which is it looks like Zeke might be playing week one. Yeah, okay. That ain't going to happen. I, you dude, know what? Like Here, the, the number one investigator, I forget what her name is, come, she spends, what, 13 months investigating this thing, goes back to Goodell and says, I don't think it should be – I think it should be zero games. He's like, all right, six then. <laughs> <laughs> I mean – Hey, I don't know. I wasn't there. I don't know what the stuff says. I know that Zeke has hired a high-powered attorney, so there's no there's no limit to how the truth can be twisted at this point. In fact, I was watching a thing this weekend about uh, Bob Kardashian. And yeah. if you haven't seen that on Netflix, it talks about his role in helping cover up during the OJ investigation. Pretty compelling. Hmm. Pretty compelling. Yeah, it sounds like it. I'm, <laughs> I'm on the edge of my seat. <laughs> Have I told you guys how much I love you? Uh, not, not yet, dude. We're normally I we're know somebody who would think friendly. that's. I know one person who would think that's compelling. Jay Bliss. We are, ah. <laughs> Brandon. That's astute analysis, that's right, buddy. Wow. So during the, during each studio break, what people don't realize is we're having to go to a neutral corner. I do want to finish my thought about Texas football. Okay. You you asked me what? Why did they run Mac Brown out of there? Dude, people were disillusioned with Mac Brown for years in Austin before he left. And it was because if they weren't challenged for a national championship, they felt like they were underachieving. Well, now they're back closer to where Texas football has been historically. Yeah, they were good in the 60s. Then they had this run with Mac Brown. In between that, they played in the Southwest Conference. So you can look at all-time wins and all the rest of that. But the Southwest Conference essentially was – Texas and Texas A&M mm-hmm. beaten up on Texas Tech, Rice, and all the rest of the Texas schools. And, oh, yeah, you throw Arkansas in there. Arkansas was the beginning of the end for the Southwest Conference when they bolted and went to the SEC. And everything has just sort of fallen in. Now you've got this Big 12 situation out there that doesn't even have enough teams to field a – Playoff. Play a, a championship game. Yeah. Texas A&M bounced. So Texas is out there, and it's like, eh, what are we going to do? Well, we've got the Longhorn Network, so we're big enough that we don't have to have a real conference. Well, great great job, guys. Yeah. <clears throat> great job. Oklahoma, in that part of the country, has always been the big dog. I mean, you look at the run Oklahoma historically has put up they span generations with their success. Nebraska had a heck of a run, 
But what has Nebraska ever done without Tom Osborne at the helm? No. I'll put Nebraska and Texas in the same basket. They're not one of the best jobs in the country. And we were talking about that yesterday on the phone. The Big 12, man. How, what a fall from grace. Hmm. It used to be you picked up Sports Illustrated and Oklahoma and Nebraska was on the cover yeah. of at least three or four in a year's time. They were playing each other for the title. And now it's they've made the playoff. They've had a team make the playoff out of the last four years one time. Well, and you Zero look back wins. before the Big 12, you look at the Big 8 when it was Oklahoma and Nebraska in there. It, the whole thing is falling apart. And the and – the, city and state that was left held in the bag, I think, is Austin, Texas. Because Texas is not a big a big enough deal and a dominant enough program to win without the benefit of a conference champion and all the rest of that. And they're not. And let me ask you a question about that. If you have a hand your hand on the stove and it's burning, and I tell you, take your hand off that stove, it'll stop burning. They are telling the Big 12 to have a conference championship. <laughs> If you want a team in the playoff, and they're not, they haven't done it. Like, what kind of logic is in that? I don't get what it. What amount of tradition do you have to cling on to to not want to win a national championship? Brandon, I don't have a good answer for you. And there's been a number of ways that have been proposed that could have fixed the situation, but in the end, it's, it's a big not there. Head now, I'm going to tell you that Baylor and this fall from grace. And as dramatic as it been, may be the death knell, and this may be the motivation that they need out there because Baylor is done. They're done. This this was a symbolic thing that happened against Liberty any more than anything else. Mm-hmm. But Baylor will not recover from this, and they are back to being Baylor, which is basically, you know, their role to be a loss against Texas. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats on WDCC 90.5 FM. Follow us over to the web on iTunes and Google Play. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Adkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio. When I was just a tiny baby, I was stolen from my parents. I was imprisoned in a cramped cage and was touched and photographed completely against my will solely for somebody's profit. Then I started to grow bigger, and they locked me away for life. If you knew that was the life of a tiger cub, would you still pay to pet her? Learn how they're exploited through petting and photo ops at cubabuse.com. Hello, I'm Rob Beckley, lead singer of the band Pillar. I served in the Army Reserve for eight years, and it taught me lessons in teamwork, leadership, and organizational skills that I still use today. Serving part-time in the Army Reserve also offers skill training, money for college, and bonuses up to $20,000. So if you're up to the challenge, talk to your local Army Reserve recruiter today or check us out online at GoArmyReserve.com. You too can be Army strong in the Army Reserve. Everyone deserves a decent place to live. Everyone. Decent shelter is something we all need to thrive. Through shelter, we empower. Visit Habitat.org to donate today. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brad Nickens on From the Cheap Seats. Two guys who knew more about sports than all those guys who used to work at ESPN.
that's the goal for the next two months while we do this. What? We're gonna get Zelda and some real hip hop. That's not gonna happen. Y'all outdated, man. Don't nobody listen to Nas no more. Face up, lean forward a little bit. Oh, smaller. Uh, yeah, give me a big smile. <laughs> Real hip hop is Migos. Future. Hey. Yeah. We all have an injury space. Was that Bob Dylan? Yeah, it might as well be. Dude, look. The balls have man. All of our heads hurt right oh now. Oh my god! <laughs> Look, we are all now dumber for having listened to that. I like that, Billy Madison. Nice, <laughs> nice. If I'd only thought to have that ready, we'd have been good. Look, you got me here. I That's hate reality thing. television. We've had this conversation before, and I will not. That right there, that twenty-five seconds or so, is the extent of what I will see of that reality show that's coming. I don't know why anybody thinks this is a good idea. Um, I don't get it. But Lonzo, <laughs> dog, what are you doing? Man, all street cred, gone. 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 Just that quickly. Now, I do have to say this. Everybody, everybody, we're late to the party. I get it. We pride ourselves on being three steps ahead of certain shows in the Triangle and ESPN, and we have a good laugh when we've done something and we've done a segment, and then a week later, they're you know we, they're we resetting. We know y'all. We, 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 we know y'all listening. We know y'all listening. So, <laughs> I do know that we're late to the party. I do want to say that the most memorable of the comebacks. Alonzo Ball and his idiocy with regard to hip-hop was from Michael Rappaport. And we're going to play that in a little bit. Michael Rappaport has become a sports media icon now. I don't know if you've heard his podcast, but I guess we better credit it since we're going to use his voice on air here in a little bit. I don't think we can get sued. It's called I Am Rappaport. Have you listened? Have I have you not. You've not. I've read it's about good it. Stuff. It's It's funny. And, and his his whole thing is to be explosive and all the rest of that. So you'll get that. If you haven't heard his show, you'll get something like what his show looks like. And he's a big proponent of New York basketball and, and New York sports in general and the hip-hop culture, mm-hmm. things of that nature. Now, I do have to tell you, Brandon Atkins, we had a conversation about Michael Rappaport's yes. comments relative to Lonzo Ball. He couldn't act his way out of a wet paper bag. And I – repeated what you just said right there. You told me you weren't. You I, told me. I lied. Jeez. I repeated I'm in trouble that with Ned. to my wife, who is a huge Michael Rappaport fan. I don't know why. From Beautiful Girls? or Is that where she fell in love with him? I have no idea. She is watching Beautiful Girls now. But she just always thought this guy was cool. I don't get it. I mean... He's a bad actor with a funny accent that kind of goes between what did you say, Brandon? He can't decide if he wants to have that gutter, like excuse me, gutter street cred accent, hip hop accent, and then he switches back and forth to some Sicilian right. gangster. Like he does go back and forth between the two. And my now, thing is is like he probably sounds just like this in his normal voice and he's just <laughs> acting. Hey guys. Hello. But 
I do have to say that what my wife said oh, about you yep, I know sounds coming. an awful lot like what Michael Rappaport said Lonzo Ball. Run that tape. Lonzo Ball, you funny looking are you? You said that Nas ain't hip hop? My man, you grew up in Chino Hills. What the f do you know about hip hop? That's that big ball of brand of putting out $495 sneakers for the culture and then talking about Nas ain't hip hop. See, you're the type of who's gonna be famous for the next 20 years and we're never gonna see you with a chick. You're the type of who thinks that Malibu's most wanted and white chicks are gangster films. Nas ain't hip hop. This is coming from the business mind of a who makes his own sneakers but then doesn't wear them when everybody's watching. I get it. You're young, dumb, and full of and when you show up to your first playoff game listening to that mumble rap rocking a purse, I don't want everybody to freak out. Nas ain't hip-hop. That's like saying Dominique Wilkins, Bernard King, and Sean Kemp ain't NBA. Now, I think what Ned says was, Brandon Atkins, you silly-looking You're from Sanford, North Carolina. Dude. I'm proud. Much respect. That had me in stitches. And the full segment, when he put it out via Facebook Live or wherever he put it initially, it was about two and a half minutes. Sister. No, it's solid. He, I, he had me giggling. I was trying not to laugh over it because <laughs> he, you know, and his Sean Kemp reference, the only thing he's really wrong about is when he says Alonzo showing up to a playoff oh, game. Oh, that's what I was going to say. The Lakers ain't showing up to a playoff game. <laughs> he may show soon. up, but he's going to be in the stands watching. Gotcha. Rocking that purse. Okay. The Clippers, the Clippers See, game. This is the thing about it. There's principalities in this. Don't you feel personally attacked when some young punk says yeah. Nas? Like, I mean, and and I he know that picked. it might. It, I know that it might surprise some folks because you know, to be frank, you're talking about a couple of middle-aged white guys here. Yeah, I'm into my prom right now, dude. We're big hip-hop fans. And when I say we're big hip-hop fans, Brandon Atkins, his knowledge of classic hip-hop is encyclopedic. And I'm not going to lie, my wife crushes on you a little bit over that, too. She's like, dude, your whole Michael Rappaport thing knocked you down a couple notches. So our relationship is safe. I don't have to worry about you guys running off together. But Brandon... You're no fan of Migos. No, you're I mean, very sensitive. In fact, for folks at home, I wish we were on TV today because they would see Brandon Atkins is rocking an ODB T-shirt. What? Seen him live, right? Wu Tang. It is Carolina Blue, but it does have ODB's face in it. Saw him at the Ritz in Raleigh. Nice. I think. No, I'm not gonna put you on blast. Go ahead. Go there ahead. might have been. An incident with the police associated with one particular Wu Tang show that you were at. No, no, not. Come on, man. Let's keep my stuff on the low. <laughs> I told you I didn't want to do that. Somebody needs to tell Lonzo to listen to Only Built for Cuban Links, Raekwon, Nas, and Ghostface Killer, Wu Gambinos. That's what real hip hop is, son. I told you. Trent, did you know that about him? Encyclopedic. I, I've been I've been learning and now I mean I have the very generic NWA, Easy E, Too Short. This Still, sorry. Hey, you're right. Come on. But he just rattled off people Bro. that are way beyond mine. Not only did he pick up on, 
pick on a rapper who's like iconic. He picked up one whose nickname is Half Man, Half Amazing. <laughs> Are you kidding me? That's like saying Aerosmith is not rock and roll. That's like saying Michael Jordan's not the best player that's ever lived. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So, in honor of Migos and Future and this mumble rap garbage, and I do have to say that what Lonzo Ball said is pandering to 15- and 16-year-old kids out there who really think that mumble rap is something. I'm of the belief that anybody can get a record deal at this point. I, I, there is no talent associated with hip hop. <laughs> Y'all can't see this, but Tim Copas shot a look at Chris like, not you. <laughs> you couldn't. <laughs> see, I don't like, I'm a sucker for a good beat, and Migos puts out some really good beats. But Future, like, I, maybe they're very similar. I don't listen to a lot of Future, but Future's got this song called Percocet. Have you heard this? I've heard it, but here's what I would I'm gonna I'm gonna throw down the gauntlet. Okay. Because I believe, and Tim is looking at me cross-eyed right now, Schlepprock is like, nah, dog, not everybody can get a record deal. And I disagree. I think you just have to be right place, right time. <coughs> and yeah. Ray Strummer, how do you even say that? Ray Strummer? Ray Strummer, Whatever. Those kids actually went to high school with one of my daughters. That's cool. Um, you know, she used to She's very familiar with these guys, house parties and all the rest of that. And these kids came from nothing and happened to get a tape in front of Nicki Minaj. She got him a record deal. These kids have no talent. Mm. I'm just going to put it out there. Mm. See, and, and, and he can't even pull the trigger because as much as he hates mumble rap, he's like, this new school stuff is okay because he likes them. And I wouldn't, I know I wouldn't classify I'm, I'm, pulling, I'm tugging at his tail here. I wouldn't classify theirs as mumble rap. I wouldn't either. But it's still garbage to me. But, you know, there's that one song. You know, sometimes they come out with songs of the summer that you want to hate, but you're like, mm, that's pretty catchy No, because right normally when a song of the summer comes out that I want to hate, I'm easily able to hate it. Here's my question. Let's, let's put this in context that we can all relate to. Space Jam. All right? The Monstars, <laughs> okay. the aliens show up to take over the planet. And I've got to put together a team of rappers to beat the Monstars oh, yeah. to save planet Earth. Ray Strummer? No. no. <laughs> All right. Nah, come on, man. Who's on, your, who's on our team? Who's our starting five? We know Rakim's got to be in this. Rakim. Let's throw Nas in it. Can we resuscitate and bring how many... Tupac back from the grave? Uh, I'm not a big Tupac fan. Oh, bite your tongue. I'm just not. So sorry. who's your starting five on our Space Jam squad? Who are our tune stars? Uh, I love Big Daddy Kane, man. I love me some Big Daddy Kane. Not yeah, everybody enough, does. Yeah, Big Daddy. Uh, enough that his fantasy football team is actually named after Big Daddy Kane. So he's legit. <laughs> huh. But here's my point. Is there's none of these cats that are doing this now. Not Drake. Not even Lil Wayne who started all this crap that would be on the squad. These guys would be in the crowd. Otherwise, Earth would be destroyed. Would you put Eminem? Eminem? Eminem would be on my squad. Me too. He might be the sixth man coming off the bench. KRS-One. 
KRS One, nice. By the way, nice, I did. Nice. I saw KRS One and Big Daddy Kane in the same venue in Chapel Hill. How about that? That's pretty. Get sick. a taste. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats, which normally is a great sports talk show. Uh, today. We're studying the history of rap in the Western world. So some idiot opened up his mouth and started talking about Nas. Get after it. That brought a lot of people together. (laughs) Idiot. (laughs) That's what we needed. It's all this strife going on in post-Trump America. We needed Lonzo Ball to galvanize us. That's right. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. You grew up knowing you could do anything. As a soldier in the U.S. Army, you'll test your limits and feel the pride of doing things you never thought possible. With guaranteed training in one of more than 150 career fields, up to $40,000 cash enlistment bonus, you'll earn a steady paycheck, get money for college, and gain valuable experience while you learn how to be a valued team leader. To find out more, call your local Army recruiter or visit us at GoArmy.com. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. The V Foundation and board member Robin Roberts are dedicated to declaring victory over cancer by funding cutting-edge research. Jim Valvano's greatest legacy is the V Foundation. You can help join the fight, give the gift of time. We need passion, we need teamwork and momentum. The time to act is now. There's not a moment to lose. Every dollar counts. Every day counts. To find out how you can join us to defeat cancer, please visit JimmyV.org. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission, helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seat. All right, all kinds of silliness going on from the cheap seats this morning. I'm Chris DeLambert, Brandon Atkins, Professor Trent Nichols. No Diamond Dave today. I wonder. He's out putting out signs. Well, no, here's the question. Is Diamond Dave at the beach or is Diamond Dave sitting under a waterfall? The waterfall. Tough life. Hey, he may be waiting for the fourth round of the – the FedEx Cup to start. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And my guy's yeah. in first right now. He so. is. He is. Justin, Justin Thomas in the lead. Dustin Johnson sitting in seventh, I think. So and, I'm, I'm and he's still balling. And Spieth is right HV3, there Harry Varner, respond to my messages. I've hit you up twice. If I hit you up a third time and we can't get you on the phone, we're moving on down the line. Yep. Just saying. We've HV3, already been, we've already been ECU through one golfer. Folks, We've already yeah. been through one. We will kick you to the curb and not think twice about it. So HV3, if you're listening out there, if you're an ECU alum, you've got a tie to Harry Varner, tell him, check Facebook, get up with me, get at me, dog. But now, if, you, if you love future, don't call. Yeah. Don't call. Yeah. <laughs> there that's is a, no that's a good rule, too. That ought to be a qualifier for anybody we ever have in studio, on the phone, or anything else. If you don't hate future as much as we do, you ain't allowed to talk to us. No. Now, I did say that anybody could get a record deal if the circumstances were were right. Now, we have a radio show. We have listenership. Um, <laughs> we shouldn't have one though. <laughs> some days I wonder. Yeah. Here's what I'm here's what I'm wondering. Yeah. Which one of you guys is willing to lay down a demo 
and see how it stacks up against future. Does anybody have the stones? Trent, you in this? What uh, what's up, Trent? I don't know if I could do it off the cuff. I'd need to brainstorm a little bit no. too much. See, if you can't freestyle, yeah. that's the first cutoff for yeah. rappers these days. If you can't freestyle, yeah. you're not legit. That's All right. the first. Okay. The second thing is you have to be able to do more than, say, Percocet. Over no, obviously not. And over that, no. and over again. Percocet over and over again. Is that what you just said? Yeah, Percocet. 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 And Future's rich because of this, right? right? Okay, I'll be. And, and and Future looks oddly. Look this up if you don't believe me. Looks just like Adam Jones. Has anybody ever seen Future and Pac-Man Jones in the same room at the same time? No. Mm. So, I mean, but you can literally take a, a topic like a Percocet, like a drug or a pill, and just repeat it over and become rich. Is that what you're telling me? Yep. Hmm. I might be able to do that. But. I'm pretty sure I can. You know what? I don't know, Brandon. I'm thinking about doing this. Tim, you got a beat? Mm. Don't the rappers say something like, turn me up in the headphones before they start rapping? Okay, well then turn me up in the headphones, Tim. Yo, alfalfa tablets, alfalfa tablets. Your bladder having problems, got to have it. Alfalfa tablets, alfalfa tablets, having problems with your kidneys, you're probably going to need these. I'm laughing, I can't keep rapping. Alfalfa, alfalfa, come from alfalfa sprouts, fools. Alfalfa sprouts, that's what it's about. Alfalfa wasn't just a little rascal. Trent. See, Trent's spitting fire. Trent's spitting hot fire. So, all right, Tim, you ready? Go ahead and hook us up with a label. Alfalfa tablets. Alfalfa tablets. Glad I'm giving you problem, then you got to have it. Yo, yo. Problems with your kidneys. You're probably gonna need these. Alfalfa tablets. Alfalfa. All right. Brandon Atkins Brandon. will be playing the North Carolina State Fair this year. Tim, I know you've got a hookup. I'll Tim. Tim. I dropped the mic, but these are expensive. I don't believe what I just heard. Straight fire. I've been telling y'all. Wow. I wasn't listening. It's not a comeback. I've been here for years. <laughs> So I don't I don't know what's happened. I didn't see any of this coming today when I woke up and got out of bed. I'm gonna go home at some point today and I'm going to relate this to my family and they're not gonna believe it. So but check this out. Everybody will be tuned in to hear that. Let me tell you how effective that rap song is. Le'Veon Bell heard that and finally decided decided to sign his franchise tender. Wow. That's how effective. Changing the world. First, it's Lonzo Ball bringing the country together. Now it's B, getting the Pittsburgh Steelers gang back together. What's really going on, man? We're What's dude, good? Life is good. America's beautiful. America. 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 Man, Lonzo, just a little advice, man. Keep to playing. Do what you do best. Keep to playing poor basketball. Okay? Look, 
this is a measured thing. This is not an accident. This wasn't as off the cuff as anybody wants to think it is. Lonzo Ball is trying to get the attention of 15 and 16 year old kids to get them to buy those stupid shoes. You're right. And these, I'm telling you, I've I've got young boys at home, and I know what their spin on this is going to be because they're right in that Migos future crap line. Um, they trying to get people talking about it. I think everybody had kind of forgotten that the reality show was going to be a thing. Well, what better to catapult him back into consciousness? I just, I, I can't deal with it. I really can't. <laughs> All things sports, and I want sports. I really don't care about these guys away from their sport. Well, you know, the funny thing about it is LeVar had already lost credibility, but, you, you know, the side comment was Lonzo's a good kid. You know, he stays quiet. He stays in his lane. He's doing his own thing. But he's, you know, the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree. You know, like, LeVar can beat Michael Jordan. Apparently, Migos is better than Nas. The list goes on and on. On and on. I am putting a moratorium on the Ball family right now. We're not talking about him again until the first week of the NBA season. Is that fair? Deal. All right. Now, NFL. We're right around the corner. There's been a lot of developments and none bigger than the fact that we're right back where we started from. Brock Osweiler is going to be the quarterback in Denver. Am I wrong, Trent? He is officially past his physical, mm-hmm. and he's officially back for the league minimum. It's amazing. As a backup. For it's amazing the that one year later, backup. One year later, instead of paying him $16 million, thank you, Houston. The Broncos have him in for less than eight hundred thousand. Yep. Now, my question, as and this is to you as a Denver ex, Denver Broncos expert, Brock Osweiler, what's his over under on starts this year? I think you got to set it. So Paxton Lynch has a, a bruised shoulder or something that's mm-hmm. going to keep him out five weeks. Mm-hmm. I think the over under is three. Now, see, Hmm. my thinking on that is Trevor Simeon, you know what? I would like to see him start all 16 games. I mean, I would ride the Trevor Simeon wave. Brock Osweiler is a little bit taller than Paxton Lynch. John Elway firmly believes, and he doesn't want to be wrong, that Paxton Lynch is the future of the Broncos. They're similar body types. Mike McCoy is developing a system for that tall quarterback. I say if Simeon falters at all, Brock Osweiler goes in there, starts three games, and that's good for Paxton Lynch because now they have a tall quarterback that they can base their uh, offense around. Okay, not that that's Dude. what I want. Well, can here, I say something real quick? Sure. We throw around the term astute analysis way too often in the show. That, my friend, was astute analysis. Right. For real, detail. Bring the fire. Better than anybody on the ESPN. I do need to know. Thank you. You're absolutely right on. Paxton Lynch, is he on the active roster or is he on the pup list? He is not on the pup list. Okay, so they're going to carry three quarterbacks on the active roster. Yes. For the foreseeable future. Yes. Okay. I hard to argue with what you said. Paxton Lynch, John Elway. You're right. John Elway, St. John has gotten it right ever since he took the helm there in Denver. He doesn't want to be wrong. 
He put a lot of capital. This is the one first-round quarterback that he took since he's been running the show in Denver. John Elway's not going to give up on Paxton Lynch. And he took Brock with the second. Now, Mike McCoy left after the first year to go to San Diego. So in 2012, he was the offensive coordinator. Uh, Brock Osweiler started with Mike McCoy. Paxton Lynch is not going to start this year, no matter what. Not at all. I don't think he's ready. When he comes back, and I wasn't saying, they're building the system. So Paxton Lynch may start if he comes back and he can perform under that system. But I think it's going to be Brock Osweiler Probably more so Trevor Simeon will be all year. But they're using that Brock to continue the development of Paxton Lynch in that tall quarterback, which it's different because of the release point and all that. They're using him to get Paxton Lynch even more ready once he does come back. We went from a student analysis to him making my head hurt talking about Broncos football. Um, that was Medicine Park just called, <laughs> says there's a global shortage on alfalfa tablets. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, pharmaceutical industry. So the thing, with, that. The, the thing with Denver this year, they've got this and it's come full circle and Osweiler's back to them. I do want your comments because I've heard several places over the last weekend that Brock Osweiler played in, Matt, in Mike McCoy's system. Isn't that kind of funny? Because I don't think he played – in anybody's system for the first couple of years in the league. Yeah, no. I think that's ridiculous to say that in 2012 when Brock was a rookie, he played under Mike McCoy. Yes, he practiced under Mike McCoy and play, it didn't play, watched Peyton Manning play. Well, we'll see you on the other side of the break. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats. I'm Chris DeLambert, Brandon Atkins, and Trent Nichols. Check us out on Twitter. Cheap Seat Radio. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Adkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio. When I was just a tiny baby, I was stolen from my parents. I was imprisoned in a cramped cage and was touched and photographed completely against my will, solely for somebody's profit. Then I started to grow bigger, and they locked me away for life. If you knew that was the life of a tiger cub, would you still pay to pet her? Learn how they're exploited through petting and photo ops at cubabuse.com. Hello, I'm Rob Beckley, lead singer of the band Pillar. I served in the Army Reserve for eight years, and it taught me lessons in teamwork, leadership, and organizational skills that I still use today. Serving part-time in the Army Reserve also offers skill training, money for college, and bonuses up to $20,000. So if you're up to the challenge, talk to your local Army Reserve recruiter today or check us out online at GoArmyReserve.com. You too can be Army strong in the Army Reserve. Everyone deserves a decent place to live. Everyone. Decent shelter is something we all need to thrive. Through shelter, we empower. Visit Habitat.org to donate today. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brad Nickinson from the Cheap Seats. Two guys who knew more about sports than all those guys who used to work at ESPN. All 
right, welcome back. If you've made it this far, give yourself a gold star. We got half an hour left, guys, and uh, a lot of ground to cover. Big weekend coming up this weekend with the kickoff of the NFL. So I'm fired up. I'm pretty fired up. Me too. So let's do a little college football. And I think that the the big game, in my eyes, is Ohio State-Oklahoma this weekend. No doubt. And Huge game. I tell you, Oklahoma begins a new era, and we sort of talked about Texas where they've had success under a couple of different head coaches historically. But Oklahoma's been a program that's just been there and been around. Bob Stoops, been there forever, and – I expect Oklahoma to come out hitting on all eight cylinders. Ohio State in the first half against Indiana last week worked some things out and then in the second half really played the game you would expect them to. I expect Ohio State to get through that ball game unscathed, but it's not going to be easy. And they're going to have to come out hitting on all eight. What game jumps out at you, Trent? I really like the – and I think Clemson better beware, but the Auburn-Clemson game Saturday night yep. is one that I'm looking forward to. I don't know if Auburn's quite ready yet. Clemson comes in number five, number 12 Auburn. I, Auburn, I think, maybe be the, the beneficiary of some SEC love there. Um, FSU, after their big loss to Alabama, gets a week to kind of regroup. This is what they need coming off this. We didn't talk much about DeAndre Francois and his injury, but that's huge. That's monumental in, in terms of the landscape of – Is it? Yeah, absolutely. Parlez-vous throw to your your receivers, not the defense? Look, I mean, let me, let they me had this. him read. They knew what he was going to do before he knew. They were jumping every route. In the second half, and, and he was on tilt. Did you see? You see the coach just basically put his arm around him in the middle of the game, like, "Are you okay?" No, I, I look, mean, I'm not putting that on Francois. I'm going to tell you that Jimbo Fisher, Jimbo Fisher from 2000 to 2004 down at LSU with Nick Saban, had an amazing run with the best talent in the country. Jimbo Fisher. Won a national championship at Florida State with the best talent in the country. I had to hear, even in the midst of this beatdown they took from Alabama, what a great play caller Jimbo Fisher is. Somebody please demonstrate that for me. Show me an example. Because Jimbo Fisher is good at not screwing it up when he's got better athletes than you do. When he gets into a barn burner, you watch that offense run and you're like, what are you doing? Very vanilla. And normally, in a Florida State offense, whether it was Winston, whether it's been anybody before, you can call the play, you can go to whichever receiver you've chosen to be the primary read because he's so much better than the guy covering him. Alabama just matched up if Francois was like a deer in the headlights. But he, <clears throat> they showed replays, and he picked – one receiver, and his eyes never moved off of him. And eventually, I don't, even a bad team's going to jump that route. He, he didn't have a he didn't even have a second option. There was zero read. He was going after one. 
And then you you do that against Alabama defenders, they're going to jump that route every time. And you can't put Alabama inside your own 30 that many times and expect to have any success. Florida State's defense was awesome. I know they scored 24 points, but it's like – how many times can you stop them on your own 15? You're when right you've had on. zero rest. Yeah. You're right on. And Florida State's defense is going to be what carries them. Florida State's got enough talent around whomever the next quarterback is. They've got to get it sorted out and figure out what they're going to do there. Florida State still will get through the season. They're, I, I, I remove them immediately, and not because they lost to Alabama. We talked about this. The lost Alabama in the bigger scheme of things it had Florida State gone on, got through Clemson, and won the ACC. I think Florida State's playing in the college playoff. I don't see that happening at this point. You've got too much talent at the top of the ACC, particularly in their side. What? Louisville. Yeah. Who they, you you who want to talk college quarterbacks. Who do they play next? Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson put up nearly 500 yards. They play in Keenan Stadium hey. this week. Oh, Lord. It just keeps getting uglier. And I, see, I, see, go ahead. But I see it doesn't bode well for Florida State. They've got a true freshman who has taken three snaps, and they have a junior who's taken nine snaps. So and they can't, they're in trouble. This opens up the talk that Clemson – is more than likely going to slide into that yeah. playoff spot. That well, I think I think at this State. at this point, Clemson is the odds-on favorite. Yes, but yeah. I would say, me personally, if I'm prognosticating the ACC, I've got Louisville ahead of Florida State. Where Where are you at with that? Is that you crazy talking about talk? in actual rankings or where you think they'll end up? Or where they'll end up finishing? Uh I think after watching Florida State, that was demoralizing. Like Absolutely. watching the. So, yeah, I'm not going to disagree. I mean, Louisville's got a cupcake in Keenan Stadium against Ooh, my Tar Heels. that hurt, didn't it? It did. It hurt going down. But what? Okay, so you're a, you're a better, uh, a recreational gambler. Not really, but, but yeah. Recreational. For the, for the purpose of the show. For the purpose of the show. What's the over-under on points for Louisville this weekend? Over-under? Yeah. I'll probably put it right at 40. Oh, no. I'll take the over all day. I would have the over under at probably 49 and a half or 50. They'll put on the gas and then take they'll take the foot off the gas. Brother, LaMarcus Jackson's trying to become the first two-time Heisman winner since Archie Griffin. Good point. If they get a chance to run it up, they're going to run it up. The other thing, too, is I don't think Louisville plays enough defense for them to get some real separation. What do you expect to see from the quarterback position at UNC this weekend? Are we going to see the rotation? Is it going to be going with the hot hand, or is Chaz Surratt your guy? My guy is Surratt, but Coach Fedora, getting an answer about a quarterback from that guy is impossible. Okay. You, you'd, you'd have a better chance getting blood out of a turnip than getting any information about his quarterback rotation. He does not come off of that information. I'm, I'm asking ever. what you expect to see, not Surratt, what, what kind of propaganda long. Larry Fedora is giving. Surratt, all okay. day long. All right, Trent, you picked as a dark horse, dark horse last week, Stanford. Yep, they got a big one coming up, too. Stanford. Now, USC, we talked about the performance of Josh Rosen earlier. Anybody that watched, there were a million games on early. Josh Allen in Wyoming went to Iowa this weekend. 
Josh Allen, the quarterback at Wyoming, was the guy that talk, people talked about as a possible number one pick overall. Not after this weekend. Mm-hmm. Completely 100% overmatched. A guy with a huge arm. You can see why the scouts, scouts fell in love with him. But he's really good at hitting wide open receivers on short passes. <laughs> That's not enough to be the number one overall pick. Josh Allen is out of that mix. I think he's an afterthought at this point. But then Sam Darnold, who was the odds-on favorite to win the Heisman and legitimately be the number one pick overall, stubbed his toe this weekend and almost blew it at USC. They were able to overcome. Now they roll up against Stanford. And you know Stanford, if they don't do anything else, is going to come in, they're going to play hard, Mm -hmm. they're going to execute, and they're going to have one hell of a game plan. Does USC have enough talent, or does Stanford get that big win you're anticipating? Well, UFC, USC does have the talent. This is it, though. I mean, if Stanford doesn't win any other games, this is the game that they want to win. And when they have that mentality and they have that time to to plan and game plan, this is where they're gonna they're gonna get it done. And I, I mean, I think they saw the flaws in UFC USC. This weekend, That's twice you did that. I know, I've got a big fight Saturday night. Um, <laughs> they uh, they saw the flaws, and I think they'll use that to their advantage. And you know, I think they can pull the upset. All right, so I'm going to tell you the early game this weekend. You've got Oklahoma State, and Oklahoma State's getting a lot of run based on the individual talent out there. And Mike Gundy's squad, those Cowboys, man, are a team. They're sort of the Detroit Lions of the NCAA. They've got these amazing facilities that they've built with T. Boone Pickens nickels. And they're able to bring in talent at different positions that's just otherworldly. Mason Rudolph, he's an outsider as a, as the, um, as a Heisman Trophy candidate. I'm not necessarily an Oklahoma State believer, but when they're playing well, they're going to be as fun to watch as anybody in in football. What do you expect to see from Oklahoma State this weekend? I can't believe you jumped right over that barn burner, Idaho State and Utah State and Mitt Romney Stadium on Thursday. All eyes on that game. Dude, what are we doing? Friday is going to be – a blowout. Oklahoma State just got mentioned on the mothership as a potential playoff contender, and they will not stop. They could put up 60 points. Well, if you're an Oklahoma fan or an Oklahoma State fan, I think you're rooting for the other team to go undefeated until they match up. Oh, yeah, sure. Because you really, with Texas in that bad loss, what else is on your schedule? I mean, I'm looking down the way at Oklahoma State. October 28th, they get West Virginia on the road. West Virginia is going to lose to East Carolina this week. Well, they may well. They'll be 0-2. But November 4th, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. If you're a Cowboy fan, if you're an Oklahoma State Cowboy fan, you better be rooting with everything you've got that Oklahoma can be can can find a way to beat Ohio State this weekend. Both and, of those teams need the other to be undefeated going in. 
And I'm looking at Oklahoma State's schedule. Basically, you know, they've got some cupcakes on the way to their conference schedule. Baylor is bad. Texas Tech always has a puncher's chance against anybody. But, man, that's a bad conference this year. But they also have the Heisman candidate, Mason Rudolph. That's what I just said. And No, I'm just saying that the last time Oklahoma State's had this much juice was when Barry Sanders was in college. This is the first time that they've had not only the team, but then the maybe the star to give them that kind of juice to get on the mothership. Yeah. Um, well, I can Brian see them doing too. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. You grew up knowing you could do anything. As a soldier in the U.S. Army, you'll test your limits and feel the pride of doing things you never thought possible. With guaranteed training in one of more than 150 career fields, up to $40,000 cash enlistment bonus, you'll earn a steady paycheck, get money for college, and gain valuable experience while you learn how to be a valued team leader. To find out more, call your local Army recruiter or visit us at GoArmy.com. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. The V Foundation and board member Robin Roberts are dedicated to declaring victory over cancer by funding cutting-edge research. Jim Valvano's greatest legacy is the V Foundation. You can help join the fight, give the gift of time. We need passion, we need teamwork and momentum. The time to act is now. There's not a moment to lose. Every dollar counts. Every day counts. To find out how you can join us to defeat cancer, please visit JimmyV.org. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission, helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seat. Welcome back. Final 15 minutes. You're from the cheap seats with Crystal Lambert, Brandon Atkins, and Professor Trent Nichols. We're talking college football right now. We haven't made it over to the NFL. And you made an interesting statement that this is the most juiced Oklahoma State's had since Barry Sanders. I remember Barry Sanders and Hartley Dykes. You remember Hartley Dykes? Mm-mm. Oh, man. You're not a you're not a Midwestern football fan. Hartley Dykes was one of the big oversized receivers before that was a thing. Um, he was an amazing athlete. You can go back and see old YouTube stuff with him. But uh, Hartley Dykes kind of fell flat in the in the NFL. But your point is well taken. That during that Barry Sanders era there at Oklahoma State, those were some really really good teams. Now they've had you know Brandon Whedon hadn't had them. In the national consciousness, Justin Gilbert came through there and was a top 10 pick a couple years ago at cornerback. They've had some talent. They've been building to this point. Um, I am excited to see what Oklahoma State can do, just kind of wreck shop, because I like those teams kind of coming from the outside. But we will see. Oh, boy. We'll there's see. There's major trouble in Texas A&M. What's so, going on? One of the board of regents, it's a guy named Tony Busby, 
I don't know if you've ever heard that name, but they are already calling for Kevin Sumlin to be fired. Well, that, that's not surprising. I mean, that's not surprising. That's Texas. And, well, look, first of all, Kevin Sumlin came in with a bang. Texas, Texas A&M has not been where Texas A&M had gotten accustomed to being. And their whole sort of tenure in the tenure in the SEC has been up and down. And they'll compete for a year, and then they're kind of out for a couple years. Mm-hmm. Texas A&M, I told you, back to the Southwest Conference days before the Big 12, Texas A&M was in that. They were one of the kings of the, of the conference. They moved to the SEC, and it's been up and down since then. Kevin Sumlin came in with a whole lot of hoopla. He strikes me as a guy who is, shall we say, very sure of himself. So I'm sure he's a handful with the boosters and with the athletic department. And they'd already put him on notice. You can't start out hot this year because they've been running off these 5-1 and one and 6-0 and oh starts and then going 2-5 and five down the stretch. Can't do that again this year. To get embarrassed like that on national television, in prime time, not sitting well with the Texas A&M faithful. Mm-hmm. I assure you of that. So – I'm not surprised that the calls are there. I don't think they're warranted. Kevin Sumlin, to me, is a guy who is able to recruit well. He gets his players motivated, gets them fired up. But sometimes you look at it and the execution is just not there. That's so funny, though. Like, It's always about winning. You know what always. I mean? This, this is a coach – that has been there's been some controversy about how he's handled certain player situations. Um, he's an arrogant guy. Everybody's known this, but the thing that gets the comment is the loss, the L, the 34 point lead blown. Let me let me ask let, you that, a question. Go let ahead. me ask you a question. Nick Saban. None of us know him personally. We got a pretty good feel for how he is as a person, though. Mm-hmm. Pretty much my way, or I'm just not interested. I'm sure he's not a heck of a lot of fun to be around on any level. Yeah. I can't imagine. Do you think there's anybody in Alabama fussing about what a a-hole Nick Saban is? Mm-mm. No. W is, no. baby. And it, that goes down, and you can look at it in the NFL. You can look at it in NCAA. You can look at it at high school level. Because most high school programs in the world, you can go in there and you can preach and you can talk about you know raising young men and making them better people and all the rest of that. Boosters – yeah, that's awesome. That's amazing. How many games did you win last year? That's yeah. what matters. And Kevin Sumlin, when you're that guy and you have that reputation, the bar for you is a little bit higher. You know, if you're going to be a handful and tough to deal with, you better be on your game. And frankly, Texas A&M, since that moment in the sun with Johnny Manziel, has underachieved. Yeah. If you're going to be – if you're going to be high maintenance, you had best be smoking hot, right? Right. Not to be a cad. That was very caddish. You get <laughs> yes, sir. Thanks for bailing me out on get that one. But that's that's exactly it. If you're going to be a handful, you better be awful good. And Kevin <laughs> Sumlin, Ned hates me now. Yeah, she does. She hated you anyway after the Michael Rappaport thing and the alfalfa tablet thing is going to. I'm I'm interested to see how that goes. If she's going to be like, yeah, or if she's like this dude, we'll find out soon enough. Probably the latter. The Kevin Sumlin thing, I'm going to be honest with you. There have been times during Kevin Sumlin's tenure in the NCAA where I thought this guy should be an NFL coach. 
at this point, something's got to give in Texas A&M because he's at that tipping point. And he's either going to be a legit college coach somewhere or he's going to fall off and he's going to be Turner Gill coaching at Liberty because nobody in the NCAA wants to deal with him. Nah. That was why Turner Gill got run out of Kansas. It's why he didn't get the Nebraska job when Bo Pelini did because of the perception about this guy. And he's been at Liberty now for five or six years and can't find his way back to the NCAA. Well, you go from being a program that's well-respected. Like, even in North Carolina, we know Texas a and yep. is a good football school. And so you go from there to becoming a punchline. Like, I stayed up late last night – and they were doing Atlanta Falcon memes, Super Bowl memes. The they were comparing them to the worst, you know, comebacks or well, and it's not just that. Though. Look at the look at the issues that he's had personnel wise with quarterbacks since Manziel got there, and there's been drama associated all the way with how he's handled people, and the Johnny Manziel thing. I'm sure that that border regents at Texas A&M. Texas A&M that graduates more military offers, officers than the academies do. That's what people don't get. That ROTC is the largest in the in the country. Discipline is part of what Texas A&M is about, and it doesn't mean everybody's in lockstep. But dude, you know you got Manzel running around on these cocaine binges and the rest of this stuff. Those guys look at that and they're like, ah. That's reflecting on our institution, and it hasn't gotten better. There hasn't been anything as dramatic as that, and there have, they haven't had their Art Briles moment, but there's no way they look at that and they're like, yep, this is a program we're proud of right now. So that in the spotlight, I don't feel like it's going to be enough to get him canned, you but don't he think, better have one whale of a season the rest of the way. You don't think he can lean on Starkle getting hurt? In terms of no. losing the quarterback? No. You can't go into a shell and play prevent in the third quarter against one of the best quarterbacks in the country. And, yeah, Josh Rosen got every conceivable break. There were some lucky things that happened. You were up five touchdowns. Dude, Mora sold his soul to the devil to well, creep back in this one. Yeah, without a doubt. Without a doubt. And, I mean, everything aligned, but, you know, you're at home on in prime time. Josh Rosen – it's early to say this. Josh Rosen may have won the, the Heisman Trophy this weekend. Hmm, maybe. I mean, look at Laura saved his job, who he was on the hot seat. Now, that's the other thing. Had this game gone the other way and gotten away from him and Texas A&M tacked on another couple of touchdowns, Jim Mora might be out of a job, which is crazy because Kevin Sumlin and Jim Mora, the work that they put in to get ready for this game started months ago. So that work was what it was. And the work that Jim Mora put in that had his team looking like they couldn't beat anybody in the first half and couldn't be stopped in the second half was the same thing. But it's all down to that last touchdown and the extra point that won the game. If A&M had held on to win this thing, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Big win for A&M. They're shooting up the standings. Josh Rosen takes a hit. But that that's as simple as it gets, is a couple of minutes one way or the other, and that's what these guys' are future is tied to. I agree with you. Jim Mora Jr. sold his soul. And, it's and gone. you know, I don't know how long before that, that contract gets cashed in, but they won it. And I'm telling you right now, I think Josh Rosen won the Heisman this weekend. He has the benefit of playing in a huge market. Mm -hmm. So that L.A. press machine is going to be all up on him. And Sam Darnold might have done – might have had just a bad enough performance 
that people look back at this as we move forward because you know there are going to be haters out there that look at this the whole year and say, well, Darnold's putting it up, but nobody in the Pac-12 plays defense. Rosen against an SEC team that showed in the first half they they're legit came back and throws for 459. Yeah. Solid. So Rosen is your is your leader in the clubhouse. Just don't for the watch Heisman the game. Right Just look at the stats. Don't watch the game though because there was some serious Hail Marys in Doesn't there. Doesn't matter. Doug Flutie. I mean Flutie's an icon because <clears throat> he threw a Hail Mary that was caught in the end zone as guy fell over. You know. 34 point comeback. You, there's, you, you just can't form your mouth up to hate that. Right. What you got, T? You're over there looking at your phone. Or are you T's playing? thinking about rapping. You, I can tell. I'm trying to uh, figure out who I'm picking to win the games this week, besides oh. the Dolphins. Oh, I have thanks the for Dolphins. joining us. Thanks for joining us, yeah. Chet. Hey, we're doing a show. You want to put on some headphones? <laughs> yeah. I'm just ready for the NFL. All right. Well, we now know that um, Jay Bliss had Andrew Luck as his quarterback. <laughs> Because t- he's out week one, and they're talking about this fool might not ever play a f- full season again. I'm not. I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if this is it for Andrew Luck. I hope that it's not. But the injuries are starting to mount up, and you start messing with a shoulder with a quarterback like that, it's it's a rough deal. Just just go ahead and use your mulligan, Jay. In the last little bit, <laughs> I am going to be a little self indulgent. Go right ahead, here. Go Sports for Illustrated it. picks Cincinnati the Bengals to be five and eleven this year. Ooh. I'll mm. bet everything I own they win more than five games. Oh, yeah. That's Easy. lazy prognosticating. They're looking at last season where everything that could have gone wrong did. Cincinnati, I'm going to say it right now, makes the playoffs. I anticipate they'll win the division. But if Ohio State wins fewer than five games this year, five or fewer, I will I will have an engraved apology made and sent to Sports <laughs> Illustrated. Thanks for hanging out. This is From the Cheap Seats with Krista Lambert, Brandon Atkins, and Professor Trent Nichols. We'll see you next week. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Atkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio. When I was just a tiny baby, I was stolen from my parents. I was imprisoned in a cramped cage and was touched and photographed completely against my will, solely for somebody's profit. Then I started to grow bigger, and they locked me away for life. If you knew that was the life of a tiger cub, would you still pay to pet her? Learn how they're exploited through petting and photo ops at cubabuse.com. Hello, I'm Rob Beckley, lead singer of the band Pillar. I served in the Army Reserve for eight years, and it taught me lessons in teamwork, leadership, and organizational skills that I still use today. Serving part-time in the Army Reserve also offers skill training, money for college, and bonuses up to $20,000. So if you're up to the challenge, talk to your local Army Reserve recruiter today or check us out online at GoArmyReserve.com. You too can be Army strong in the Army Reserve. Everyone deserves a decent place to live. Everyone. Decent shelter is something we all need to thrive. Through shelter, we empower. Visit Habitat.org to donate today.